In this episode, we're doing our first Mythbusters session. Let's not just accept something because it's been said so many times before that most people just believe it. We're going to delve deeper and explore the facts, taking an evidence-based approach. So let's explore brainstorming and see if it is indeed the best way to generate ideas. That sounds great, John. I've run brainstorming sessions myself and have sat through many sessions as a participant. The most commonly used approach is to get with a bunch of people and you shout out your great ideas and try to build on other people's ideas. So where did this actually come from? And is it really the best way for generating ideas? You're going to love this, Denise. It actually dates back to 1939 when an advertising executive, Alex Osborne, was looking for better ways to help his team be creative with their ad campaigns. He ran what he called organized ideation sessions with about a dozen of his team at a time and discovered a significant improvement in the quality and quantity of ideas produced. Later on, the participants started calling these brainstorm sessions, which obviously caught on. It was then made popular by his 1953 book, Applied Imagination. In his book, he laid out four rules. One, generate as many ideas as you can. Two, prioritize the unusual or original ideas. Three, then combine and refine all the ideas generated. And finally, avoid any criticism or negative talk during the activity. And that was all well and good. But in 1991, the cracks began to show when Brian Mullen and a couple of other authors published a paper in the Basic and Applied Social Psychology Journal. It showed that in general, brainstorming groups were significantly less productive than control groups in terms of both quantity and quality. Ouch. Then in 2015, the Harvard Business Review started publishing some other damning articles, such as the one titled, Why Group Brainstorming is a Waste of Time. It talked about things like social loafing, the tendency for people to free ride, um, social anxiety, where people worry about other people's perceptions of their ideas, Regression to the mean, which is apparently quite well known in sports circles, where if you practice with someone less competent than yourself, your competence level actually declines, which I think is a really depressing thought and food for thought. Um, and finally, production blocking, where when you can only put forward one idea at a time, the number of suggestions reaches a plateau with six or seven members and declines as group size increases. It was later in 2015 that I read the article by Inventium called A Scientifically Better Alternative to Brainstorming. It outlined an alternative process which has four steps. It starts with people working on the problem alone, jotting down their ideas. Then they shift into group mode to share ideas and build on ideas already suggested. Then people move back into working individually before finally coming together to share any further ideas. So have you used this process, John? How did it go? Well, I have, and actually it was really successful and better still, the participants found it far more engaging than the traditional brainstorming session. Seems to me that extroverts love brainstorming, but for the good old introverts amongst us, having time to think on our own works really well. Yeah, 
I can, I can relate. Um, so the next time you want to generate ideas, we challenge you to test this alternative approach and tell us how it went by adding a comment below this episode. We don't want this just to be a one-way conversation, so please join in by sharing your thoughts and ideas with us. Thanks, folks, for joining us on this Enablers of Change episode. Remember to subscribe if you'd like to know when new episodes are available. And hey, if you liked what you heard, then take the time to tell a friend or a colleague so they too can join the conversation. Mm -hmm.